This is Autumn Odin. And this is Hannah Henson. And I want to welcome you to the third season of Raise Your Standards. Woo hoo! Um, today <laughs> we will be talking with my friend Abby, who we met at church a few years ago. We went to the same college, um, but reconnected recently here in the Great North Woods. So, Abby, can you give a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah, thank you, Hannah. Um, also, thank you both for having me on your podcast. This is so fun, and I'm just so excited. So, um, yeah, my name is Abigail, and I guess I like to live by, like, three different um, fun words. I would call them uh, be ridiculous, relatable, and real. And so I love to have fun. I love to be really honest and um, relatable. I think I love um, in that just uh, being able to like relate back to who Jesus is and to other people in the community. So um, those are kind of the three words I live by. Um, I really love Jesus, obviously. I'm a huge coffee addict, uh, love the outdoors, and I have a laugh. That sounds like a dolphin call. So <laughs> my brief synopsis <laughs> about who I am. So if you're around me, you'll definitely know because you'll hear me miles away. So, Oh, yeah. I love it, though. It's literally the best. Anybody, especially if anybody listening hears her laugh, it's just the best. So yeah. makes your day every time. I can't stop smiling when I'm around her. So, um, so yeah, Abby, um, she does some youth ministry and um, has some other gigs. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your um, youth ministry position. Yeah, so um, I've worked with youth for probably since I was like 17 um, and recently in the last few years uh, started a position at this church called Love Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Started as just a volunteer leader and then that grew into an assistant youth position and now I'm the kids director at the church so I oversee the children's and the youth ministry. And um, basically, yeah, my whole goal is to allow our kids to be able to experience and express the love of Jesus wherever they go in just powerful ways and practical ways at that. And so um, my job involves a lot of curriculum, a lot of administrative things and awesome phone calls with people and just spending time in the community and um, yeah, just a lot of playfulness. And so this job has really been a blessing in my life. Um, just because it's really allowed me to be able to walk more freely in my own relationship with Jesus. And so it's just a privilege to get to allow others to do that as well. So, yeah. Mm, that's so sweet. Because um, remind me again what you went to school for at Stout in Menominee. Yeah, I went to school uh, for psychology. So I got a BS in psychology and my minor in communication studies. And like, Ooh, communication. it's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you I studied communications too? yeah I studied honestly communication. I liked it so much better yeah, <laughs> than psychology <laughs> right um so yeah and like the funny thing with that is I never wanted to go to Stout in the first place like hated the idea like we toured I cried because like in my heart I knew I was supposed to be there and I was like crap lord like you are not sending me here because I believed in the stigma I mean Hannah you've heard it like when in doubt go to stout it has this terrible mm. reputation of being a party school so I was like why on earth lord would you send me here like that's a stupid idea and um just felt like he put it on my heart like I want you to go there to love people and build community and so um, I had like almost a full ride scholarship to go to a different school to do youth ministry. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. And I decided to be obedient to that thought. And 
um, that the Lord put in my heart and I went to Stout and I chose Psych because it's the closest thing to youth ministry that I could find. And sure enough, like the Lord gave me opportunities to love people and build community through a lot of different avenues on campus and off campus. So yeah, he's so faithful. So even though he's like crazy in the things <laughs> he makes us do, he's so yeah. I love that. I also, I did not want to go to South originally because my mom had gone there and a bunch of my friends were going to these really cool like D1 schools, like different places and never really in my mind. And let's just say my mom and I found an obscene object in a parking lot when we were walking through South and we were like, well, maybe this is not the right place. And she did not want me to go there after (laughs) she found that. People are not practicing abstinence, I'll just say. So uh. anyways, <laughs> and so after that, I was like, I don't want to go to South, no way. But then, I don't know, God led me there and found a bestie through it, Hannah herself. So yeah. Cute. <laughs> yeah. But transitioning. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Um, what are some challenges that you have faced while working in youth ministry? Um, Oddly enough, my time, um, at Stout has really prepared me for youth ministry um, because I worked as like in the housing system. So as an RA, a hall manager and a DA in the early years. And you see a lot of challenges with, um, you know, just broken people and broken families and broken um, things in this world. And so uh, Stout, I saw a lot of like, especially with COVID, a lot of mental health um, things rise and a lot of, uh, you know, Uh, sexual assault cases kind of drove up in those years too. And so you, I really got to witness to um, a lot of hard situations and I got invited into those opportunities to love people in that. And so like a lot of the same things that you deal with, yeah, in college, there's a lot of things from being um, unaddressed in youth. And so these kids also went through broken families, divorced families, they've been sexually assaulted. They're doing with dealing with suicidal ideation and just, yeah, like really questioning their like gender, their their identity, like why am I on this earth? And so a lot of college um, really prepared me to be able to talk to youth and meet them where they're at. And just in those things, I think over the years through like doing a lot of um, like teaching English overseas um, in Hungary and seeing different needs there. And like I said, in college, you really learn that, you know, my uncle, who's a pastor in Indiana, he said, Abigail, if you expect um, broken people who live in a broken world to sin, you'll never be surprised by it. And that really stuck with me because, um, you know, like you see all these different people of all different levels where they have been Christians or they come from a Christian family, deal with the same things um, as somebody who didn't. And so it really helped me like be able to not have knee jerk reactions in some things that people would bring up or talk about, or, um, even one of my other bosses said, um, Abigail, um, good people make poor choices all the time. It doesn't make them bad people. And so just like not making a big fuss about things, but speaking to their heart and speaking truth to that, like people don't want a knee jerk reaction. It's like when a kid falls down a toddler, like if you, everyone cringes, then they like, they also cringe and then they start to sob because they're like, I should have a reaction out of this. But when you just, you're just, you know, patient and calm 
it there's something that like calms their spirit in those things and confession like in opening up about things truly I believe brings healing and brings the light of who Jesus is into those situations and um and I think that's like the most healing thing ever so yeah I don't know if that answers your question but um I guess unexpected challenges have probably been more so things like more gender and identity that I feel like have been um, coming up more so than when I was that age. And so um, figuring out how to speak truth in a day where there's just a lot of confusion. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. All that was so good. Oof. Yeah. Hitting all the points. And it is, it's like so true, even from, you know, we're a couple of years apart a lot of that stuff wasn't talked about when I was in school either. And granted, I was probably on a different path than you were at that point, but um, it's so true. It's changed and it's changing, you know, yearly, even weekly on social media and in the news and with all the outside influence that there is. And it's super important to speak into kids' lives. I mean, yeah, being with youth a little bit now myself, it's just, it's so much emboldened in them that, yeah. And when you hear it over and over again, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can't have a knee jerk reaction because that's all that they're used to as well. And it's almost like that plays into their personality too. It puts up defenses and then it doesn't, you know, get any better because it's just the same thing over and over. You have to show them something different. So, and especially Jesus, like Jesus is the one that's going to solve all of those problems, going to fill all the voids. I mean, we just, in a world full of, we'll just, eat better or do this or do that focus on all these other goals which are great goals but that's still never going to fill what's supposed to be in your heart so yeah that's awesome that's good good job Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> um so kind of speaking a little bit to your calling um into youth ministry you said yeah stout was not somewhere where you really wanted to go um was it an easy like i don't know how to say this i guess you were, I don't think that you were doubting God. You were just like, okay, why am I going to doubt when all of this other stuff makes so much sense? How does hearing God's voice make sense to you? That's a really good question. Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> I don't know about you. What about you two? Is it ever easy following God? I don't know yeah. if it is for me. No. <laughs> no. Never. Okay, good. I'm like, <laughs> am I the only one? He's funny. He likes to throw curveballs. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So definitely not easy. And I like, I literally, um, things that help me make sure that I am hearing from God, like what we're doing is our best. Like that's all we're doing is trying to hear God the best that we can. So it kind of relieves the pressure of like, I have to do it perfectly. It's like, we're all trying our best to hear the Lord. And thankfully he gave us the Holy Spirit because we I couldn't imagine being in the Old Testament. I would, I would flop so hard. I mean, I'm, I still flop now, like still disobedient, still sinful, but, um, yeah. So I, yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, but I like things that help me make sure that I am hearing the Lord is often, um, uh, like checking it with scripture for sure, but also checking it with community. Like, not just flippantly like with any random person, but like inner type people who really know and will tell me not what I want to hear, but what I need to hear. 
And, and you know, what's funny is even my innermost type people, there's been times where we have disagreed on some things, but I felt a very strong conviction. And just like, um, when I talk about peace from God, I'm just like being real. Peace is not a feeling for me when it necessarily comes to following Jesus. Like, it's like this, like, it's like this knowing in my gut that like, this is what I need to do, even though I don't want to do it, even though I don't feel like doing it, even though it's not peaceful because there's pain probably through that. But I know that God's going to use that pain for a purpose. And so all throughout these years, literally every year at Stout, I would look at other colleges to go to. Um, Have you ever, like, I had, I thought I was going to end up in Hungary being a missionary. I got offered a job over there and I had to surrender that. And I didn't understand why looking on the other side. Now I do. Um, and now I can see how God has worked those things out through my obedience, but it's not been easy. And I'm not going to lie. It's not like I was fully faithful, like to God, I was looking at other things or people like as idols, like the story of, um, Hosea and Gomer in the old Testament. Um, Gomer is such a flattering female name. I think it's like Gomer, my wife. I don't know. Like what a babe. I don't know. But, uh, Hosea, um, God told Hosea to like marry this like promiscuous woman named Gomer and Gomer left him and cheated on him time after time after time. And the whole story, Hosea was a prophet back in the day for like the Northern kingdom. And God wanted to use Hosea as an example for God's relationship with Israel and how Israel had committed itself to God, but then cheated on him with all these other gods. And um, Gomer kind of did the same thing with Hosea. But the beautiful thing is God told uh, Hosea to go after Gomer and buy her with lavish gifts and bring her out of prostitution and all that different stuff time and time again, even though it was painful for them, even though it was hard. And, and I love that story because it's like, it foreshadows Jesus coming in and paying the price for me, who Abigail Trebek looks at other people, looks at other things and looks at other um, uh, idols and I cheat on Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so it's, I don't do it fully faithfully or um, like I have, I have like cheated on Jesus, even by just, yeah, thinking about other things to fill my heart. And I'm just so thankful that um, like Gomer coming to the realization, finally, like her true security came from Hosea, who anything she ever had was provided by her faithful husband. Anything I've ever had or do have, it has come from Jesus. And so I think um, things that help me hear the Lord is always checking his character. So that way I always know where my my direction is going because my direction should be leading to the same consistent God that has mm-hmm. been from the beginning of the Bible to the end. And that's what keeps me moving on track, even when my family or friends or community maybe be like, you're being ridiculous. And it's like, well, I serve a ridiculous and crazy God. So <laughs> good. I'm glad oh. I should be. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you bring awesome. it back to ridiculous, relatable, and real, right? I really like that a lot. That's really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a spicy question in your words. Spicy. I uh, love spicy. Okay. So what has been, if any, challenges being a woman in ministry? Because I know there's multiple takes on this, but I'd love to hear your own perspective. Gosh, I would love to hear your perspective after, yeah, we're getting conversation before <laughs> the podcast started. Yeah. Um, uh, well, of course, like 
yeah, people don't always agree that they think it's a problem that I'm a woman um, talking about Jesus, that, that that's not my role, that that's not what I was called to do. And, um, and earlier in my time at Stout, there was somebody who I really cared about and they cared about me. And um, we, we had talked about pursuing a relationship, but at the end of the day, like that being one of our core values didn't align. And so I just, we both knew like we can't be together because um, if anybody ever asked me to, you know, not serve God with all my might, with all my strength, um, uh, it would never work out. Like it would never work out. And I, I'm a woman. That's a fact. I love Jesus. That's the fact. Whatever he calls me to do, I will do before I would um, follow somebody else who I don't feel like is um, fully and faithfully putting God before me. And so that was like a deeper wound for sure. And that's healed quite a bit since then. Sometimes it still stinks, like for sure. When men, I feel like get intimidated by uh, the fact that I love to talk about Jesus with kids and stuff. But at the same time, I don't believe that God would, um, we're Jesus, like I said, in the representation of Gomer and uh, Hosea, like in Revelation, it talks about the church and its bride, Jesus and the church. And I want a man who like, it leads like Jesus. And so if you can follow Jesus faithfully, lead me like uh faithfully like Jesus and yo we might have a winner but you know <laughs> so far the Lord is not not provided but I believe he's working real hard on that man <laughs> so blessed be whoever that guy is because he has a lot in store <laughs> Sing, single Christian men yeah right some, some yeah. single Christian ladies and an Abby on here so oh yeah yeah hey and then know, the DMs start rolling in Oh Lord. <laughs> right. I'm gonna pray over whoever that is. Yeah. Half kidding, half not. Yeah. 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 The sure. other weird side of that is that being a single woman in the church, I'm the only single person on my staff. And wow. so, and I'm the youngest. Oh, wow. And so that definitely brings awkwardness because naturally I'm like this really smiley and like open person. And so figuring out boundaries on how to be inviting, but also not flirtatious like I don't think I'm a flirtatious person yes. but I think just well Christians can just be weird like oh my gosh she smiled at me like I can't tell you how many men have said the Lord has told me you're the one and be like yeah get in line like <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you yes. on that one I don't take that I take that with a grain of salt <laughs> um, but, um so that's but, been another issue of like oh, oh okay gosh. but it's all yeah so I guess those have been the like the challenges and just yeah that yeah, for some reason, gender is a big deal. But I like the one, the first woman to ever share the gospel was a woman at the well who was super sinful, who never knew Jesus before, but yet he called her to share the good news of the gospel. God doesn't care who you are. He just wants the good news of who he is to be shared. Literally, like I think when I became a Christian, I thought I was created to be served by Jesus, but we were really created to serve and praise Jesus. Like, yes, he does serve us, but that's like a byproduct of his love. But ultimately we were designed to worship and praise his holiness and his glory. And so um, like naturally that's what all of us should be doing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. What about you guys? That's good. I was also <laughs> going to say, I thought that was funny. You're like the get in line for the one, right? Because one time, so my friend's mom had mentioned this of like, 
oh, like people can be like, oh, you're the one or I hear God and blah, 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 which maybe you do. But if it's not reciprocated, like that doesn't mean that you're going to be the one, you know? And so I think that was something that like I take words to heart. And so it was hard for me to discern like, oh, but do I also feel that way? But it's so important to also know your own heart and know what God is speaking to you because sometimes those don't match up. But speaking to the part of women's ministry, I think it's something I hadn't really given a lot of thought to until I guess it was more like in the dating world. And there are just some guys in particular who are just like, oh no, of course you'd be a stay-at-home mom. Like what? And it's like, no, my, my career is great, but I do see myself going into women's ministry at some point in my life. And I think having someone who supports that vision and whether that means like working in a church or starting my own kind of ministry or whatever that looks like, I want someone who is behind me and supportive of that. And so I think that was really hurtful because it was like, okay, just because I'm a woman, like, why do you feel that way? Like, Who are you to assign me to what role God has designed me for, you know? Um, and so I think that's what you said really struck a chord with me too, of like, I think we can take words to heart and what that guy had said to you. It's like, okay, this might be your view because of the way you grew up, but that doesn't mean that God is not telling me to love him more and fulfill what he has called me to do. And in my mind, even if you're a woman or man or um, like, you shouldn't be told like, oh, you can't be in a speaking role just because of that. Like, I've learned so much from men and women and likewise with other, let's say like a 40 year old woman pastor who has been studying Jesus her whole life is teaching to a younger, like 20 something, like obviously that older woman pastor is going to have way more wisdom, not the 40s is old, but you get my point. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, and even like, yeah, I think overall as Christian women, single or not, there's always that person or people that are going to be like, oh, well, I think you should be doing this. Even like, you know, take the relationship out of it, you know, the, um, maybe the pastor or the pastor's wife or whoever is like, oh yeah, well, you should be doing this. It's like, okay, but I need to be in tune with what God is calling me to do, whether that's, you know, you or not, you know, I have older grandmas that are like, oh, my grandson would be perfect for you. Or, oh, it's like, okay, you know, I love it, but no, it's really sweet, but no, but I just feel like there's such a heavy weight on you know, getting married at certain times or, oh, well, you know, you're a single person. So I just want you to be with this person. And, you know, there's that either in a Christian community, I get it, but it's not about that. It's about, okay, have I fulfilled what God has called me to do before I'm supposed to be married or, you know, being the person that I'm supposed to be before I meet my husband. And that's a great thing, a great quality, because like I had someone in my past where they were like, well, I would never be involved in the church like that. I wouldn't want to be, you know, mute. That's not really my thing. And I don't think necessarily you need someone alongside you that's doing the same thing in the church, but I think the involvement in church or in a community is super important um, in any type of relationship, whether it's a friendship um, that you're close to. And then also, yeah, that partner in life, because like, it's going to be tough, like whatever, um, if you're a Christian or not, life is tough. You know, if you get hit with something, you want to have someone alongside you that's going to support you and be there for you. So those are always like tough lessons to learn. But I wanted to bring up a point that Abby said to me a few weeks ago, and it's about philosophy on giving advice. 
Um, so <laughs> is it helpful, kind, or truthful? Can you explain a little bit of that little philosophy, please? <laughs> yeah, I think it actually came from my mom. It's so, you know, moms have some good advice here and there. And um, and it really, it was probably just something she said, but I just like took it and I was like, mm, like there's a lot to that. And so um, a lot of times, like, we always talk about like, you've probably heard of Brene Brown. She has like all these talks on vulnerability and she talks about puffing up or shrinking back in situations where you kind of feel like on the defense a little bit. And there are certain situations, whether let's just take, say the women in ministry, say you're at church and people are maybe somebody is like kind of coming against you, like saying like, I don't agree with what you're doing or whatever, like I don't want to be the person to puff up and try to like be my defender, like and be like, well, you should listen, look at this scripture, this scripture, and this scripture. And I also don't want to shrink back and just be like, not say anything. And so I want like the Holy Spirit to be my guide in that moment. Cause trust me, my tongue needs to be bridled because my natural part of me wants to like fight. And so whenever I think about having hard conversations with people I try to be more intentional about thinking is what I'm about to say, especially in like harder conversations, like say you're addressing a friend, you're having a friend problem and is what I'm about to say, is it helpful? Like, is it going to make this person better, grow them to Jesus? Like, is this going to make us stronger? Is it kind? Um, is what I'm about to say, like, maybe you notice like a friend like is breaking out and having acne, like being like, whoa, girl, like, what's going on? Are you stressing? Because I noticed you're acne. Like, that's maybe not the kindest thing to say. Oh <laughs> yeah. Or is it truthful? And sometimes, like, it doesn't have to be all three at once. I think it's the best package deal when it's all three at once. But sometimes in life, it, you can't do that. So I would, I say try to at least have one pillar, one of those pillars before what you're about to say. Um, but when they're all three at once, it helps you kind of... Um, deliver whatever news or thing you have to say better and hopefully they will receive it better and so it's just kind of helped me be able to be a little bit better of a friend especially when having hard conversations or be able to address people who naturally maybe I might want to fight more um in a more respectful way in a way that it's probably more honoring for them and for me so yeah that's yeah. really good it's also hard when you're in a sphere that doesn't view words that way and then it's just like attack 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 and I don't know especially like I've had this in work instances where it's a bunch of feedback but it's all like jumbled and doesn't make sense and it's all negative things like you should have done this this and this and this better and it's like okay great to know and maybe that will be helpful in long term but if it's not brought about with kindness and also time where the best advice is when it's like actually thought out and you know that someone is trying to help you and it's not just that react mechanism where it's like, this is my first thought. And that's usually when it's like the puffing up is what you're talking about. I absolutely love Brene Brown. So that was a great example. Um, but I think that's something that I've also noticed with myself transitioning transitioning a little bit, but with like the woman in ministry and when people react of like, oh, well, I don't think blah, blah, blah. And I was at a church and there was a sermon around basically women in ministry and how 
it's not like the Bible doesn't encourage that and blah, blah, blah. One, I was kind of like, what's the point of this? But <laughs> I felt my puffiness, you know, like start to tense up of like, okay, why do they believe this? And obviously like, although I don't agree with it, they're interpreting something like ultimately we have the same goal, which is to like grow closer to God. And although their view of that might be different than mine, um, I think God does give us the Holy Spirit to react with like peace and not kind of like the reactive mechanism of like, you suck. So, (laughs) well, like the fruits of the spirit, you know, and it's so unlike the world, like it is, you know, when you were talking earlier about people and people are sinful. I mean, we all make poor choices, whether it's daily, hourly, weekly, whatever it, we're all, we all make poor choices. So kind of on that flip side, it's like, okay, if I want to approach people like that, that should be my example, but I cannot meet someone with the same expectation. So when someone is doing those things and, you know, you can tell the enemy, like is trying to get a reaction out of you so that you're not shining like Jesus wants you to, you have to just take a second and be like, okay, discern what they're really trying to say. Are they reacting from past pain you know, and I, yeah. Are you going to be able to do that all the time? No, but to have that mindset of, you know, not everybody is a believer. So, you know, take this situation with this person as if they're a believer, you can have this conversation. It could be constructive, but if they're not, that's okay. You still have to give them grace and have a conversation with them. And yeah, people react out of pain normally. And with everything that's gone on, you know, tying together, what you said about college students, youth ministry, Um, backgrounds a lot of kids these days haven't they haven't chosen what they've come out of so you can't see the kid from everything that they've been around their entire life until you've been called to be in their life you can't be like okay well they're just such a crappy kid they've got a bad attitude and blah 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 it's like okay but do you really know the kid have you sat down and had a conversation with them I mean, I was in Big Brothers, Big Sisters in Menominee when I was in school, and um, I visited my mentee, I guess my little sister, for an hour a week um, at her school. And just learning from her and everything that she had gone through, it, it was like, yeah, you can sit down and have a conversation with somebody. And I was talking to her counselor and everybody else that was around the school, and even like some of her bullies that were in her class, because I'm like, no, this is not okay. I mean, this is something that I can help with right away because, you know, I'm here at school, but, you know, I can't be their protector all the time, but letting them know that Jesus is with them all the time. That's something that my mom told me when I was in like fourth grade, my friends are bullying me. And (laughs) she was like, you know, I can't be there all the time and I want to beat him up, but no, Jesus is with you all the time. And thankfully, you know, we have a relationship with Jesus and we ask the Holy Spirit to come within us too and help us discern situations so it's really good yeah definitely hannah any other questions for abby um well i could probably ask a million but um (laughs) you've given us so much yeah there's been so much in a short amount of time honestly it was helpful and it was kind and it was truthful (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad (laughs) well I guess one final question because I know you came out of school um yeah how has it been like post-college yeah I don't I was gonna ask you guys the same thing like uh like 
going back to people's opinions, like whether it be family or community, uh, like what has it been like for you two to navigate? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I feel like I've had the weight of other people's opinions more so now after college than I did through college, which is so bizarre because I feel like and maybe it's because everyone's like, well, they're in college, they're just figuring out their lives, they're finding themselves. But literally all random strangers come up and be like, so I, this is what I think you should do with your life. And it's like, do you not think that I'm doing what I want with my life? Like, do you not think that I'm taking ownership of my life right now? Do you not think I'm walking in purpose right now? Do you not think I love my life right now? And um, there's definitely been moments, like, especially with just random strangers, that there's at times that it's like, obviously you don't get an opinion because you're not my like four corner people. Like, well, we always talk about in our family, like the game four square, there's only room for four spots where who are your closest people? It's like, obviously you're, you're not even like on the court people, like you're not even near. So you don't get an opinion in how I play my life or my game or whatever. Um, but yeah, I definitely, there's been times where I'm just like, I like in my head, like you were talking about autumn, like I'm puffing up. I'm like, who do you think you are? Like, I didn't even, I haven't even talked to you in like 10 years. Like, who yeah. are you? But, um, uh, but I would say like, it's been good and humbling because like, obviously I get to navigate and work through that, but, uh, it's been, I would say really fun. Like I, I really do miss the social part of college for sure. Like, um, especially working in the dorms, like being a home manager, it's like, I was constantly like needed, which was very draining, but also like, there was a lot of opportunities to meet people, like hundreds of people every day. Um, but in that sense, it's been really nice because I've gotten to focus more intentionally on a few, um, of my relationships more so in the communities that I have been in. And I think that will bring about more like fruitfulness and depth for years to come versus maybe those moments, those really strong, like hard moments with one person, not saying those haven't been fruitful, but, um, I think that establishing in, uh, a deeper relationship with those around in the community that I've been interested, um, I'm looking forward to that, like more so disciple making. Um, but yeah, I enjoy not having homework. It's my favorite. <laughs> I enjoy getting I more than like three hours of sleep. I like to not live a healthy life. I like guzzled coffee, like by the gallon. Like I'm surprised I didn't stroke out. I don't know. But so I'm so thankful for like consistency and routine because mentally I'm just like, wow, this, I have so much energy. I feel alive. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but of course, I don't know about you guys, but there's definitely moments where I think the enemy comes in and attacks along with those comments from community members of like, Mm -hmm. who am I? Like, what's my worth? And am I walking in like a, a way that I should with Jesus? And so, and I think it, adulthood post-college really makes you have to take more ownership of your life in more ways than like I think you ever experienced before Mm because you really realize like this is my life to take ownership of to like literally surrender and when I say ownership honestly it's like actually not ownership it's like surrendering it's like owning surrendering everything to God like your finances your your relationships because that dynamic changes like all my like all my best friends half of them aren't even in the country anymore and so it's like what the heck and um and all of your hopes and dreams and like you were saying autumn like the calling of like women's ministry on your heart just surrendering like what what that future looks like so I think it's I think trusting God in that area I thought would be easy because I've had to do it in the past before 
but I feel like for me trusting God in all those areas is just as hard as it was before but I think it becomes easier to let go because I've had practice letting go if that makes sense I don't know yeah Yeah. it's not your first time doing it anymore not the first time at the rodeo (laughs) yeah (laughs) whether that be letting go of a past relationship or job or friendships whatever that might look like I think it can be really hard not that it's I don't want to say easier but I think you learn to deal with it but also provide more dependence on God and know that okay he got me through that last breakup like although it was hard he's still good I still know awesome people like there's so many things I have going for me so I I definitely agree with that yeah well and especially I think at least for Abby and I coming back to like smaller hometowns with people like everybody knows everybody so with that comes you know oh well I think you should be doing this Hannah like I know your dad or I know this person or all that stuff and it's like yeah people allow yourself to be misunderstood because people aren't going to understand the calling because yeah for a even a Christian if you're stepping out in faith it's like whoa, (laughs) you know, people are going to be like, what is she doing? You know? And that's what, like what you said, um, even with school, like making that decision, it might not look the way people think it should look in their minds because maybe they don't have anything else to think about and look forward to either. Um, I just think it, it makes it so much harder to push against the world than it does to just be on Jesus. Like you have to be so much stronger and find that much closer of a community within your church, within, you know, your family, your friends, and keeping that close knit, like you said, those four corners of those people, because if not, you can't stand alone for very long. You know, Jesus is with you. Yes. But having those people around you that can support you because it doesn't matter what the world thinks. I mean, Jesus went through a lot of similar things that we did. And that's just a good reminder to be like, okay, you know, it doesn't matter what the world says. The world is very, very different and it should be different. And it should feel like, what the heck is she doing? And it doesn't matter if you went to school and you're not using your degree, especially to the listeners. I know that there's a huge push for like, oh, well, you got to use your degree or, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. It's okay. It's okay if you went to school and you're not doing that. It's okay that you stepped out in faith and did what God called you to do, even though anyone around you is like, what the heck is she doing? It does not matter. It won't make sense to anybody, but it will make sense to your relationship with Jesus and what he's called you to do, because you're not living for right here for the little community. (laughs) You're living for forever. You know, you're living for your savior and you know that what you accepted is the path here on earth to be up there in heaven with Jesus saying, and Jesus saying to you, thank you, my good and faithful servant. That's what we all want here. And yeah, so that's good. <laughs> I think on top of that, of all the reasons you listed, the people pleasing aspect, it gets so flipping exhausting, y'all. Like having experienced it, still tr- doing it, but getting better. I'm improving. I'm an improving people pleaser. But I think it's something so true. It's like you can try, like you can try as hard as you want to please the boss, the parents, the close friends, the roommates, whatever it might be you're not going to please everyone. I'm literally preaching to myself right now. So having to be okay with being misunderstood. I loved what you said, Hannah, about that because it is so true. And I I have a really hard time. Even when you said that, I'm like, 
no, I need to be understood. <laughs> like they don't understand me. What am I worth? Like what, you know, but I think it all comes back to if God is telling you to do something. And that's when I've had the greatest peace in my life. And the most happiness is when God has told me something, other people have disagreed with my decision, mostly to move to California. And it has been awesome and it won't be for forever, but I know God had called me here for a reason. So being faithful in that. Yeah, we should start a group, People Pleasers Anonymous. <laughs> PPA. <laughs> I love that so much. Forget Alcoholics oh. Anonymous. Well, maybe don't for people. Who no, Anyways, no, no, no. I mean, that's fine too, but I mean, I'm not an alcoholic, but. <laughs> retract, retract. Okay. Anyways, I think it's time to end, y'all. Like, uh, I think, I think yeah. we're at that point. But this is all. We gave y'all some good wisdom for sure. Good wisdom. That was, that was good. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, I just, I want to pull out a couple of points that you said, Abby, that really stuck with me. So first being ridiculous, relatable and real. I love that because I think in my mind, sometimes it's like, Oh, being ridiculous, like that is bad, but no, it can be awesome and amazing and doing crazy things like jumping out of plane or jumping 23, three feet into a cenote or whatever that might be for you. Yeah. But I, I really like that a lot. Um, another thing you said was expect broken people in a broken world to sin. Great. I think that's awesome. And I think I have high expectations for myself and others, but ultimately sin is part of the world and just having space for that and almost space for grace to know that like, okay, people might tell me something and it, not that it might not still shock me, but I need to know that God has been working in their life. Um, and we'll continue to. So, um, and then the last part was, is it helpful, kind, or truthful? I don't think that needs explanation, but I think this podcast was, uh, definitely a step in that direction. So I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah, it was awesome having you, Abby. I'm so happy. (laughs) Oh, all the wisdom, all the laughs, all the smiles. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, so happy that we could do this and taking time out of your night for us so yeah yeah thank you both it was really great getting to meet you autumn and yeah hannah it's a blast as usual so thank you guys for inviting me on (laughs) yeah so to close this out so if you like this podcast please leave us a review and subscribe i subscribe and i get the little notifications and it's kind of fun and it's a good reminder so definitely check it out also you can find us on instagram so we have raise your standards podcast and then also personal accounts at automodine at hannah Henson underscore underscore Henson one. Come on, I need to be there for the DMs, you know? Okay. Yeah. What Hannah said. And then Abby, do you have an Instagram or anything else in the world you want to shout out? Yeah, I have. My Instagram is Avers Dravak. Okay. Sounds good. We'll we'll link it in our uh, show notes, but also the Instagram post. But anyways, we really, really appreciate you being here. And thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Peace.